Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What you're about to hear is part two of a two-part interview that we did with Michael and Robin Sullivan, who through their Kickstarters are basically creating what I think of as kind of the third publishing wave. So, you know, the first publishing wave, you submit a book to a traditional publisher, and if they like it, they pick it up, they publish it, they put it in bookstores. The second wave was when Kindle came along, and all of a sudden you could now really easily self-publish books. I think what Michael and Robin Sullivan are doing through their Kickstarters is they're really creating this third wave where they're creating a way for authors to directly launch their books to readers, cutting out the middlemen, keeping more of the profits, and retaining more of their independence in the process. So if you haven't already listened to part one of this two-part episode, go back and check that out first so that you have some context for this. The link to that will be down in the show notes below if you're listening to this as a podcast or down in the description if you're watching the YouTube video. And if you have already seen that, welcome to part two. It only gets better from here. So if you enjoyed part one, you will really like this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Just for our listeners. Um, sure. So it's like, wow, this, this sounds awesome. I need to do a Kickstarter, but there are a whole lot of people who might say, okay, I've never written a book, but I really want to write a book, but I won't be able to afford to do the artwork and what's needed to get it done. So uh-huh. I'll do a Kickstarter. Um, and even though it is an advance, kind of what the the money you get, mm-hmm. that, in my experience, has been a very risky one. Yeah. Um, if uh, unless you, I would say that unless you have your first book, your your manuscript written at least, and uh, some and, and some sort then- of group of people you know that you know you can get out and reach. Um, yeah. It's a risky proposition unless you're really looking for only fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred dollars. Then now, you might just you might you just might get those people. Now somebody like Mike or Rob 
would do really well. Really with Kickstarter. well. Really, really well. well. Because they yeah. they have, have a an audience fan base. Yeah. And uh and and I've been giving Fletcher the and Rob the Robin treatment. Um do it, on, okay, do on it. occasion. On occasion. Now Rob it's a little tougher because he's in England. Um mm-hmm. though you can get from fulfill, fulfillment houses in the US and yeah. printers. Yeah. The only uh, you just have to do inserts for your signed sheets, yeah, um, or print them in, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that big a deal. But um, so, I just, just I just wanted to. So, what would you say to brand new people who have never done Kickstarters, people who are just starting out? Um, how does Kickstarter apply to them? If you're just starting out, actually, it's really good because people who are just starting out who don't necessarily know if their book is any good. What they should do is, you're right, if they finish the book or at least have a lot of it done, they can actually post a large portion of it. And if they don't get funded, it's like a slush fund, right? You send it into a traditional publish, publisher and they're going to say, sorry, this isn't any good. And then yeah. they'll have to go do another book. But you can actually use this as a means of determining whether your book I, is any good. I'm going to disagree with oh, you. Oh, you are? I am. What, what, what's the <laughs> answer? So, so, so here's, here's my stance on things. Uh, first of all, I will say this. I know many, many uh, authors who did their very first book on Kickstarter and earned good money on it. And I'm, I'm talking in excess of $10,000, okay? I'm really amazed that they did so, to be honest with you. Um, I do think that Kickstarters are really great for people who have already been in publishing for a while. I would not recommend to someone to start off uh as you said, Dirk, you're like they haven't even written a book, you know, you know, doing a Kickstarter because there's there's a few things. Number one, and I hope I'm not offending anyone here, but first books, very first book, the very first book you write are generally not very good. Yeah, almost always copies. At, at, at least in my opinion. <laughs> first book, it was not very good. You know, his 13th I book don't believe that. was very good. I, I was 13. Oh, was. okay. Yeah. But anyways, so, um, you know, with anything, I think you need to put out something that's quality. I, I always start with, you've got to have something quality. And, and quite frankly, a first time author is not educated enough to know whether their book is good or not. I mean, they look at it, they think it's good. Their friend tells them it's good. Their mom tells them it's good. You really don't know if it's good. Once you self publish, you can know it's good because if people aren't recommending it through word of mouth, that's a really good indicator that it wasn't very good, right? If, if you don't have other people recommending it, then you know you, you kind of missed the mark. Uh, when I do my lectures all the time, I was just did a lecture a couple of weeks ago, and this person says, you know, I know a lot of self-published authors, and they're, they're not doing very well. You know, what can they do to, to, to make their book sell? And I said, well... I'm going to venture to say their books aren't very Listen, good. Write a better book. You know, so they need to write a better book because if you write a good book, you have to get it in front of a core group of people. But once you do, they're the ones that will make the book work because they're going to tell this person to read the book and they're going to tell that person to read. I mean, any successful book lives and died by word of mouth. That's that's my personal interesting. opinion. An interesting thing we used to have different debates and i think robin's changed your mind i'm gonna find out right now if you did oh. <clears throat> so this could be exciting i was always under the impression that if you write a really good book and you can get it in front of eyes it will do eventually well i believe yeah. that 
Uh, Robin was also of the under the impression that actually marketing is more important than the good book because if you get it out there in such a way you do things right you'll you'll get a lot of eyes on it and even bad books can do very well um but actually i think she may have changed her situation on that to some degree that there are so many that if you do a really great book you don't need that much marketing because the real marketing the best marketing you can possibly have is word of mouth if you can write a book where someone else feels after reading it that it is their life's goal to make sure that everyone they know reads that book, you don't have to put hardly any money in the promotion. It takes care of itself. And people trust other people they know way more than they do the internet or any kind of promotional ad. So that's what I was advocating. And in my case, I discovered that if you do that, you can work a heck of a lot less. You can just put out that one book a year. And you can spend a lot of your time making it a better book. And as a result of that, you keep getting better. And as a result of that, you keep getting more and more readers. And you do a lot less work. Whereas a lot of independent writers will be putting out a ridiculous number of books because they have to. Because if they lose that curve, then they're going to lose their sales and then they have no way to pay their bills at the time. So to you, Robin, do you still maintain that it's the advertising and the promotion that is more at um, important to getting a book to sell or is it a more uh, well-written novel okay so you started your premise by saying you write a really good book and you get it in front of some people mm -hmm. i still think that is the formula for success okay mm -hmm. now in the case of this person who was talking about their self-published friends who don't have very good sales. I said, well, one of two things has happened either you haven't read a good book or you haven't gotten in front of enough people i mean you need mm -hmm. you need that pump primed and that can be primed through um you know that can be primed through advertising that can be primed through you know doing a, a sale on your book where you sell it really low and then suddenly a lot of people got the book but you you do need to get it in front of a core group of people okay and, or you could do it the way we did it which was literally handing the book to individuals well that was a stupid <laughs> way of doing it and I would, but it worked I, <laughs> it, it, that's a hard road to hoe but but i do think that if you don't have a good book, like if you if you have have a bad book, let me put it this way: if you have a bad book, no amount of marketing is going to save it, because if it's a bad book, you will not get uh, enough people following it. Now, uh, there are when you talk about good and bad. I mean, I define good as a book, any book that's good in my opinion is a book that someone will recommend. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, there are some self-published authors that sell tons of books that if I read it, I would say, mm, you know, this really isn't a great book. Well, every, but, everyone knows but, those books out there who are incredibly popular and sold tremendous amounts that you would say, this is crap. Yeah. You know, when you, yep. I'm not going to name names, but everyone knows Twilight. That. Well, <laughs> Twilight is a good <laughs> example, right? Twilight, Twilight's a bad book. Although she but, read it and loved it. So, but <laughs> it scratched a particular itch. If you scratch an itch. Such that, you know, like, I know I, there, there are a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of lit RPG books that I've read that I've enjoyed immensely. They're filled with grammar errors, right? But I'm okay with that because the grammar errors aren't bugging me. The story captivated me. It kept me reading. So good is something that is entertaining to people yes. enough that they want to recommend. Yes. I'm not, I'm not saying it has to be something that, you know. It doesn't uh, have to be Graves of Wrath. Yeah, you know, who was that 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 uh, editor who always made everyone's books better? 
the guy that worked with Tom Wood Wood. It's at the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. Anyways, Perkins. Perkins. Maxwell yeah. Perkins. Yeah. It doesn't. You don't have to be Wolf and Perkins to create this masterpiece that everyone says. Oh, this is a great book. You have to like scratch Michael J. Sullivan. <laughs> you have to scratch a particular itch. You have to have a certain degree of quality. And so, for a new person, I just don't think they can know whether they have that. And I would say self-publish first. But anyone who is self-published and has a following, you definitely should be doing Kickstarters because you've already proved yeah. that you scratch an itch. You already proved that you have a book that's worthy. Yeah, it doesn't really of matter if you're traditional or self. If you have, let's say, you have two books out in the series, and you you want to make that last book, and maybe in that last book, as part of it, you want to do a complete set, maybe of hardcovers or something. Right. You have readers. If you have readers, yes. and they will then go out and tell other readers, plus you'll get a whole new audience through Kickstarter, that's going to generate enough buzz and enough money for you to produce the project. And if it doesn't, okay, so you don't do that. So, so You're not out anymore. Going back to your question, Gert, Gert. I, Dirk, I have seen people do well with debut novels. I think that's mm -hmm. more the exception than the rule. Yeah. And I would, if someone came to me and put my hand to the fire to say, I want to write a book and do a Kickstarter for it. I, I would not suggest they do but, that. But I've often seen people who have tried doing their first book and they put it out there and they didn't get funded. And yeah. it's understandable. And I think that's kind of like, kind of a test, like, okay, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I need to do more and I but, need to make sure. a book. But it, could, but it could be the way they did their Kickstarter too. We are running long. So this is the last thing I'll say about Kickstarters. If you're thinking about doing a Kickstarter, Go and look up the Kickstarters that Michael has done and steal everything that he's did. Look at his pricing model. Look at how he sets up, you know, what he does for like add-ons, what he does for, um, for uh, stretch goals, how he sets up his, his page. He talks a little bit about himself. He talks a little bit about the book. He talks a little bit about why he's raising the money, you know, be, you know, I Use think it as a template. It's, it's a good template. I think it's. I think that it, it's a model that would work with most people. We t we price our Kickstarters exactly where people get it through retail. So if you're going to spend, you know, twenty five dollars for the book in retail, you're going to spend twenty five dollars for the book on Kickstarter. If you're going to spend ten dollars on the book, you know, uh, for the ebook, it's ten dollars for the book on Kickstarter um, because we we are we are pre selling. And don't, and, and, you know, some of the Kickstarters I've seen that have gone really poorly is because people have just really bad reward levels. I mean, the reason why I want you to look at our reward levels and steal is we have something for the person who only has $5 and we have something for the person who has $150, right? There's a large spread in there. If you got $25 to spend, there is something compelling for you at the $25 level. But I've seen some Kickstarters where like the lowest thing you can get into is like, $75, right? Yeah. You know, it, yeah. you know, that's going to fail as soon as you see the Kickstarter. I mean, people approach me and say, you know, will you, will you tell people about my Kickstarter and look at their Kickstarter? And I was like, I can't recommend this Kickstarter to anybody because you're, you're trying to sell an ebook at, at $25. Nobody wants yeah. an ebook for $25. No, I can't, I can't help. And we you know there. that the, the Model T sold more than any other car and made a lot of money, even though it was priced less than the other car. So yeah, you can make a lot of money by selling something for cheap. So. Yeah. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um there's gonna be a lot of editing done in this show, apparently, to make it either squeeze down or fit in. I'm not no, sure. No, no, no. This is fine. Uh, but, this is actually incredible. But this is, if, uh, if you want exactly more padding or like B-roll, you can ask us some more questions. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah, love to ask if you, we'll do if a you do have time. I would love to um ask a couple of quick ones. Um yes. yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to think about whether we cut this episode up into two parts or whether we just do one big long masterclass thing because yeah, this has been one, incredible. We have one it's episode really with just me, and we could just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get my editor to just, like, CGI Robin right. out of the picture and transfer right. her right. voice right. into your voice. If you can see Skype, <laughs> you make more attractive. Yes, no, that's right. No, that's I, I may have to pay, I may have to pay no Adrian some extra money no for that CGI. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think you have really convinced me that maybe for my next book I should attempt the Kickstarter route because – yeah, I've, I've published three novels. Uh, I had a game that came out recently and I feel like I'm at the point now where there is enough of an audience where I would feel confident that I would maybe be able to make the goal work. So yeah, with that in mind, like it's, if it's probably going to be like, let's say uh, six months away until that book is, is ready, for example, what stuff should I be looking at today to try to set myself up for, for that? Yeah. Milestone? So again, you know, by, you know, following, you know, kind of follow our platform and follow our rule. So mm-hmm. what we generally do is we run the Kickstarter right when the book is about to go into final copy editing, you know, so we have Got the it. book done, right? Yeah. And, and we tell people, you know, that, you know, it's going to be going to the copy editors next week and the copiers are going to take six weeks and whatever. Um, because I, 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 you know, I would never run a Kickstarter for something that Mike's not done with, because quite frankly, there, there has been at least one novel where he got done with the book and I'm like, oh, this, this is not, this should not see the light of day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he wasn't interested in fixing it. So it, it remained in the trunk. Right. So you, you got to know that the book is going to exist. And by the time you get to copy editing, you're at that stage. Um, I would also say, start telling your fan base, if you do newsletters and stuff, 
Yeah. Pick a date somewhere out where you're going to do your Kickstarter. Like, for instance, our next Kickstarter is going to be in February of next year. So I'm telling people right now, reserve this date, February 9th, 2023. That's when the Ezra Hodden Kickstarter is going to be. Let them know that it's coming. Let them know that it's mm -hmm. coming. Nice plug. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the date. I know it's in February. I haven't picked the actual date. But anyways, tell them that you're doing a Kickstarter in the, in the future. Because one of the things you do want to do is you want to have the Kickstarter kind of launch with like a, like a, a, you know, a big push. And one of the techniques you can do for that is, and we didn't do them last time, but we have for all of our, all of our other Kickstarters, is you can run early bird specials. And if you tell your people right. to be an early bird special, so you either do a set number of, of items or you do a set amount of time, we tell people, if you get into the Kickstarter early, you know, you're going to get 20% off this reward level. So if the reward level was normally 25, they can get it for 20, right? And again, that will get, you know, when our Kickstarters launch, I mean, literally, it won't, the, the updates happen, you know, you'll watch it be 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, you know, like in, in 15 seconds, you know, we'll have 60,000 in the scroll. That's incredible. It's not like Sanderson. Sanderson's was doing that the whole time. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, was just, it was just rolling. But you do want to get, you know, a lot of people in early. So plan early, pick a date, start advertising that date. Think about early bird specials and tell people, you know, hey, I'm going to be running this Kickstarter. There's going to be an early bird special. So if you sign up early and I would say, think about the time of day that you launch your Kickstarter. Like we try to make our Kickstarter work for people in Europe and the East Coast and the West Coast, you know. Um, so although we have had people you know, when we do did uh, early birds, we literally had people setting alarms and getting up at two o'clock in the morning, coming in, getting mm -hmm. by, and then going back to sleep. I mean, that's that's how crazy this stuff can get. That's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think those types of things can really help you. <laughs> and start building your Kickstarter now. Like, you can you can flesh out, like, what you say, because then you can start showing it to people. You can show it to Dirk, and, and Dirk might look at it and say, you know, I think you're missing an opportunity because you should have... You know, like for instance, for our Kickstarters, we always bundle our eBooks with our paperbacks or or our hardcovers. So it, it, you you can't get the eBook on its own. For some people, that doesn't make sense. The reason why we do that is that's how I can get them the story three months earlier because I know I can get the eBook to them. Mm. But for someone else, it might be well, the eBook is a level on its own, so you don't bundle it. You know, so you know you get you know. Make your Kickstarter, show it to some other people, show it to us, you know, send me a, send me a link and say, you know, I got this Kickstarter over here. Just take a look at it and tell me what you think. And I'll look at it and I'll tell you, well, you know, I think you need a little bit more history about your background. The, the other thing that I will say about Kickstarters and why some of these Kickstarters have funded that, you know, where people don't know any of them, a lot of it comes down to personality. Like, like, uh, there's this one thing that I, I suggest to all my, um, all of my lectures, there's this guy called Simon Sinek, and he wrote mm, a book start with why. Start with why. Yes. yes. Isn't he great? Isn't he like the greatest yeah. ever? Right? Just a really good approach to leadership. Yeah. And, and, and what Simon Sinek really teaches people is it's not what you're selling, it's why you made it. You know, what, what compelled me? What was my mm -hmm. why? Why did, why did I make something? And I think that in Kickstarters are a real a uh, great um, way of putting your why on display, right? Mm. 
like you know when Mike Mike started when Mike's first started publishing, uh, you know, grimdark was all that there was, right? And his books are very not grimdark. So he was he was looking for you know what pub what publishers told him, and the reason why he got so hard to get publishers is they're like nobody wants to read like good tradition you know traditional fantasy where you know you know, where, where might isn't right and where the where underdog... Where there are basic heroes. Yeah. yeah, where there are real heroes that are striving to do good. You know, people don't want that anymore. They want the Breaking Bad. They want the Joe Abercrombie. They want the Mark Lawrence. You know, they, they're not interested in this. And Mike's like, I'm interested in this. I think other people are interested in that. So that's part of his why, right? And that kind of stuff can come through in your Kickstarter. So whether it's through your video or how you message it, I really suggest anyone either read the book, start with why, or watch Simon Sinek's TED Talk. It's a 20-minute TED Talk. I think it's called, like, How Leaders Encourage Action or something. Just look up Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. And use that as part of your Kickstarter, because part of the reasons why some Kickstarters, I have backed hundreds of Kickstarters where I didn't care about the item at all, but I liked that person. I liked what they were doing. I liked their passion. I liked their story of why they got into writing in the first place and what they're trying to do with writing. And I saw that and I was like, I don't care if I ever get the book. I don't care if I ever read the book. I just want to financially support this person. And I think there are a lot of people who back Kickstarters for just that reason. So really show, show what's unique about you through your Kickstarter. So very short question, a little really? bit longer answer. Shut up. Oh, but I, I massively appreciate it. You, you made a mention. I saw, I saw Jed. Smile when you talked about waking up in the middle of the night to hit the press button. So when I first started publishing, it was during the time when J.K. Rowling's was doing her midnight openings for the her book sales at the bookstore. Nice. Like see it on TV and the news at night. Like look at people coming out the doors. Yep. So what I did was when I reduced at least my second book, Avon Partha. I kind of pretended on my blog that, oh my God, so we're having a midnight release. And it was just make-believe because I didn't think anyone was even reading my blog and I don't think sure. they were. So, but it was just funny that now actually they do get up in the middle of the night and they press that button. So it's kind of a weird technological equivalent. To the hit, to yeah. the thing, yeah. 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 So what, what time do you normally launch then that works across all those time zones? So we do ours at noon. Uh, is it noon? Okay. I think it's noon. Yeah, it's noon. Yeah, because then high noon. Yeah, because then in what what time when it's noon on the east coast, what time is it in England? Five. Oh, you like five a.m. So it's not that early, no. and then it's and you know, and then it and then it's like three. Is it noon? I think it's noon. We always launch at noon. Yeah, we launch at noon, and we we always end at seven p.m. Eastern because we do a little party, and I don't know why we do it at that time um, because there are people inevitably on those video calls that are up and they're like, it's two o'clock in the morning here. It's, it's hilarious because <laughs> part of the Kickstarter show is, has a thing where we get together and we do a Zoom call where everyone just basically can come and see us talk and talk to them. And, and invariably they all come and they go, oh, thank you for doing this. I'm like, you guys just bought my book. <laughs> yeah. You just I mean, allowed me to write a lot of my daydreams. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I should be thanking you. Yeah. You, you make our dreams possible. So no, thank you. Don't thank us. That is incredible. Um, Michael, Rob, I just want to give you an opportunity. Do you have any, do you have any questions that you want to fire away? Where do I find a Robin? What? <laughs> I didn't know what Michael said. <laughs> where do I find somebody to actually do all this shit for me? Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is not about, uh, 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 I even hate to go here. This is, this is, not about me trying to promote something, but 
I will never take a penny from authors, right? You are allowed to promote here, Robin. Well, yeah, no, go for but, it. You've uh, given so very, much amazing I, advice. I feel okay, very, very awkward about this. We, we never promote. When I go yeah. to conventions and my publisher wants me to promote, they say, bring a book and put it in front of you. I never do it. Yeah. They go, you need a book. I'm like, no, I don't. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> so. Okay. So, so for years, I have run Michael's Kickstarters, and I'm having some cognitive function issues, and I can't do what I used to be able to do. Um, so one of the things I've done is I'm trained my son on, on, I'm, I'm, I call it, I call it, um, I feel like I'm on the Titanic and before the boat <laughs> sinks, I have to build a raft and my son, James is my raft. So I have sure. been working very hard to instill all that I know about Kickstarters into James and publishing and publishing. And so now James has started up a company to run kickstarters for authors he did the Go kickstarter ahead. for will white he did one for david estes he did one for uh ac, AC cobble mm. and he's done ours so my son james will the, the 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 great thing about having james do a kickstarter is you don't have to do anything i mean literally these other authors now ac cobble is actually a little more involved in his kickstarter than that, but like will white will hasn't lifted i mean all the comments that come in, James answer. He sets up the Kickstarter. He does all the updates. He coordinates with the printer. He he will do the fulfillment. He'll he'll do all that. Do you, you know how you know this is not a promo? What? Because he doesn't want any more business. Yeah. She keeps bringing in business. Like, no, mom, no, I I don't. Stop I don't want any. I have enough. Yeah, yeah. The downside is James is you know he's he's only got certain throughput. And well, it's word, word of mouth is really spread quickly. For, yes. For you yes. Guys and, and, yeah. and he's got to be very careful that he doesn't overcommit and then underperform. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, he's just sure. one person. So, so my son, James is now doing this. I hope I truly, I hope that someone will see James doing this and start competing I, against him. Right. I hope that there are more, because when I did this, when I did a talk on Kickstarter recently. I mentioned James and, and people said, there's no one who's doing this. I don't know of any, do you know of any, do you know of anyone who does that? I mean, and it is a lot of work. And the, the beauty about James is the way James works is he takes a percentage of the Kickstarter, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you don't have to put money out and if the Kickstarter doesn't fund, well, then he's out the time that it took him to put it together. But um, like pledge box that I mentioned and backer kit that I mentioned, their model is they take a cut of your Kickstarter money. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it works out very well. Cause all you're doing is just like you're paying 3% to the credit card processor for processing it. You're paying 5% to James for running the Kickstarter. And then when he does fulfillment, he charges the exact same thing for fulfillment that box in box out was charging me for fulfillment. And those were, quite frankly, the lowest prices I could find anywhere. So I know it's, it's really it's well priced. Um, and quite frankly, I won't let James gouge authors because if so, he inherits nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a really nasty way of making sure that our children follow our morals. You, you want to make sure your children do what they're supposed to? You threaten to not give them any inheritance, right? Speak, so, speak softly and carry a big will. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, 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 yeah. So James is doing these now. Now he can't do it for everyone, and you know, yeah. And certain projects won't make sense for him. But uh, you know, he hopefully he will start a trend 
just when we started when we started doing self-publishing, there was nobody doing covers for self-published or authors or anything. Right? Yeah, they they did right. not exist. Yeah. You could not find a, a, a self-published cover designer. There was no yeah. such thing. Yeah. What do we have now? Yeah. You so know? So every, hopefully there will be more industry. companies that will come By having them out this. there, this will be an example and hopefully someone will yeah. do this as well. Yeah. Kickstarter be happy. Very cool. But but yeah. even without James, a lot of it you can you can get done through the fulfillment partners, you know, like like the flow ship and the ship bob. Uh, Dirk has shipped his own stuff. He knows is a pain in the ass. Uh, other people are doing That's their a own lot shipping. Of work. <laughs> I loved it when Box in Box Out was doing mine. Now I do it myself, but my son's doing it, and he hires my daughter as labor. So other people are doing it. Um, Actually, she still does most of it. Let's. let's I don't. She I does. Don't, I don't. But it's a good thing because see, she's trying to lose weight and yes, gets her I, a lot. I use it. I use it to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she literally moves tons. I mean, I'm tons, talking literal tons, tons of, of boxes. Books. So it gives her good. It gives her good. Some people although, have to pay to go to the gym. Although you most, exactly. Basically, get paid most to go to the gym. Investments at the annex is we now have a, a a forklift that allows me to put things on the top shelves without Ooh. having to literally like. Yeah. Nice. Toss up books. Although now that we've filled the basement of the annex, or we will with books, we won't be able to go and use it as a giant VR room. It is a good VR room. Oh, what? Right now. <laughs> and we were, we were playing, what was it? Uh, super hot. hot super, super hot. hot. Yeah. And she like, it's a wonderful workout for doing that game. Yeah. So. And my daughter crawls <laughs> along the floor. When she's trying to do super hot, she's like, she's like <laughs> kneecapping people with her, with her swords and stuff. But yeah, it's a good workout done. <laughs> Well, so my, what I've learned so far is that yeah. your place has an old church, you're building an office that has a fridge in it, and a hotspot. No, no, no that's actually part of the annex. That, that's, that's the part of the annex. Yeah, that's forklift. That sounds incredible. That's like, the, that's <laughs> the, upper, the upper floor of the annex is Mike's writing area. So, oh, wow. And the lower floor is shipping. So, Dirk. That is so um, cool. When are you going to organize all these people and pay for an air flight out to Virginia to meet the Virginia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anytime, like I'd I'd love to do it like right now. <laughs> you do a live show broadcast. You get some big lights, big you know. Yeah, we could do it in the basement of the annex. We could do it in the basement. Yeah, or, discuss or live shows before. Oh, we have to do it on the deck of the annex. Yeah, because the mountains are beautiful. Yeah. That yeah. would be good. Somehow we have to work out some sort of like time and space portal yeah. to get Jed here because he's like in a different <laughs> universe. We we uh, that's right. We went out to dinner last night. It was a three-hour affair because it took us an hour and a half to drive to dinner. So. We we live in Ugh. the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I an said, hour I, half I teach is my entire country. Get... <laughs> 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 we're, we're, I'm trying to get the writers to come out and actually meet me because we've been doing it. I started it in, in 2020 because uh, I figured, what else are you going to do on a Saturday night? So everyone comes and, and we used to meet. So I'm like, I'm trying to get actually come here and. Like the farthest ones away are in like Western Canada. Where where is is it? Michael, are you from Canada? Yeah, but he's yeah, he's uh, straight just north. north. Of Toronto. Oh, so you're, he's so you're straight not north. That far. Okay, yeah. uh, but this was like Calgary or something. And so That's I'm trying a long to. And way. they couldn't. They couldn't. Literally, couldn't come over here because the borders were closed. So I couldn't yeah. get them to come. So now it's about time where you could probably get there. So they're coming out this fall, but I think there's only three or four of them that might come. So yeah. I don't know. Mike does a little. He's got a little group that he's trying to teach people how to write. And it's just not as effective browbeating people online. It's much more effective when you do it in person. It scares yeah. the crowd. Well, then you, you can with literally hit them with the stick. 
<laughs> Although one of them recently wrote to me and they said they had a nightmare that I wrote them an email saying the book they're working on is absolute crap and they have to start over. And I said, thank <laughs> you. Now I know that I'm haunting your dreams and giving you nightmares. I've achieved the goal of every team. Yep. Nice. <laughs> that is well, impressive. To quote the Muppet movie, if I can inflict a, a little, little pain, pain. In the, at, during the day, I sleep, sleep better, better at, at night. night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I would love to come over sometime. I'm currently trying to negotiate with my day job to go down a three days a week and a fully remote arrangements so that i nice. can travel and stuff so if that goes through you know i might be able to come we've, over in a couple of months we've had people come here from awesome. saudi arabia and shanghai dirk remembers that they brought wow, yeah. on and drink sweden italy france i mean people come from all over the world i don't know why i've never figured this out but they do <laughs> and uh, we have one guy who came here twice didn't he from saudi arabia he did i mean yeah. that was crazy. Wow. although i made him mm-hmm. stay part of the yeah we, we the put cabin. you to work sometimes if you're obnoxious if you stay here yes. too long we actually if, if anyone has good start mudding, shifting boxes around if anyone has any good uh drywall mudding experience that's what's happening in the church right yep. now we yeah. are not above you know putting you to work yeah mike, i did used mike, to be an architect so i might be able to help out there but there you uh, go yeah, mike can knows? help with uh with a little instruction on the forklift yeah, yeah. Nice. he knows a bit Much about forklift experience nice <laughs> Why don't I picture him like uh, the, the woman from Alien? Where she, I got I got I got Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last thing that Janet is doing is we're, we're, we're reworking our threshold uh, for getting the books over, like physically in the building. It's, it's not ideal because I don't have a roll-up door. I have a door door. And I, we're, we're doing a lot of engineering on that to try and make it work right. But we nice. think we got it. Beat. She never does anything normal. Let's put it that way. No, but it it's always awesome. good at the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this has been an incredible episode. Um, yeah. We're and sorry, I think Michael the record Robin. for our longest episode. Sorry. We all yeah. are. No, no, no. Oh, this is incredible. Good. This no, is honestly like, I feel that I have just had a three-year university education downloaded <laughs> into my brain over the course of the last hour. So thank you so much for everything that you shared about this. Um and yeah, this is a disclaimer. Been incredible. Yeah. Do not invite us <laughs> unless yeah, you have a lot of fans. No, no, no. <laughs> no, this was great. I think you'll probably be getting a lot of people who want to interview you after hearing all the wisdom that you've just been able to share. So, yeah, We're thank you so much for for coming on. Yeah. yeah is there anything that you would like to do a thing? Is there anything that you'd like to promote or like or mention or I don't know, just uh, tell our listeners before we wrap it up? Okay, so <laughs> explain. We explain. We don't promote, at least I don't. She does. That's why she's always with me. She's the one who says, oh, this is what he does. And I'm like, no, shut up. We don't, we don't do it. But no. <laughs> Enough people know who we're, we are. We're good. We're, we're good. good. We're all okay, good. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and if you have listened or watched all the way to the end of this episode, congratulations. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people will have because this is, this is incredible. Oh, yeah. I've learned a lot. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see you next time on next week's episode. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Thanks, Mike. Mike. Robin. As we end this episode, I wanted to give a big shout out to our Patreons who help support the show and an extra special shout out to our legendary wizard patrons, Talon and Daniel. If you want to help support the show and get access to a huge library of uh, exclusive patron only episodes, go to patreon.com forward slash wizards warriors words. You can find the link in the show notes below. Thanks for watching.